0: Jay Thomas, and you're listening to Frequency Interrupted. What's up, homie? What's up, dude? So you're on this side of
1: the lens today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a surreal moment. Yeah, the surreal moment. I'm not just talking off camera now.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, I wanted to take a moment to thank you, anyways, because uh, without you, this wouldn't be where it's at. You know, you're part of all this, so I appreciate it. You know, yeah. just get that out the way. Yeah. we start talking about you <laughs> yeah,
1: it's, all, it's all a lot of fun what you got for me dog
0: i don't know dude so i mean so me and you we've known each other a probably a year now. yeah a little over a year yeah. met in a networking group yeah. um similar ideologies um you got a background in wrestling jiu-jitsu i got a background in boxing mma yeah so we talked shit and done a lot of stuff together already in the past year um but i guess just man leading up to everything that we know you know what what prior do I don't know? Or like, what the fuck have we not talked about?
1: You know? Well, uh, let's see. So, you know, I grew up in Bozier. Yeah. I was really into football. So, I mean, in my mindset, it was like, I guess most dudes that grow up here that play sports, they're like, well, I mean, I'm definitely going to go pro, you know? Right. (laughs) So like everybody thinks, because like my brother, I mean, really and truly like my brother was the guy that was the football player. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So he, um, I looked up to him. Now granted, he was playing at airline whenever they were still running like a they were running a single back system. It was a lot like Alabama. Their style of offense, like run and gun. Yeah. Very rarely aired it out. I mean, so much so. I mean, dude, it was literally like mid veer, mid veer, over and over and over. Dive, you know, like whatever. So he played left guard, but like he's shorter than me. He's like two inches shorter than me, but two inches wider. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So, like, really like really fast dude, really athletic dude. But, like, looking up to him, that was like, he's seven years older than me, so that's all I wanted to do. So, like, a lot of my life was, a lot of my childhood at least, I was just obsessed with football. And then I started realizing, like, when I turned 17, and, you know, he can tell you, the guy that uh, I got on camera right now, but Sanchez, <laughs> uh, he can tell you for sure, like, once football was over for me, though, the first thing I did was pick up a guitar. So then That's I. Was, interesting because yeah I've been excited we hadn't talked about it. we talked about it vaguely but I didn't really know but yeah so I've been playing I've been playing guitar for 11 years and that was another thing too though man it's all it's always kind of like a you know I was into martial arts as a kid but once I started playing football like literally up until the point I was 10 I did taekwondo like from like I was like six or seven and then up to the point I was 10 and then I'm transitioned from that and I was like well I'm just gonna play football now you know what I mean, once I got in middle school, and then once that was over with, I was like, okay, well, what the hell do I do? So I pick up a guitar. In my next door neighbor, the guy I grew up with, Cameron Merrill, he was uh, well, he still is, he's in Nashville right now, he still plays every day. So, uh, he plays on Broadway every day, he plays a lot of cover music, but he's also, um, that's really how he makes most of his money. But he, uh, he's a recording artist as well, he has a lot of original music he's written, and he's pretty damn good, you know what I mean? So me and him came up same time frame. He really started on the keys more than anything, like a year before that, uh, whenever I was like a senior in high school. And then once I graduated, he's a year older than me. We He came back home from ULM. Well, he flunked out at ULM. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and uh, we started going to Bipsy together, and we were just playing music together every day, you know, and uh, getting into all sorts of bullshit, you know what I mean? But um, so, yeah, we played. I started playing in a band with him. I stopped when I was like 19, 20. I think it was the summer I turned 19. So it was about like a two-year period there. And then like within, I mean, within two years of me playing, it was actually pretty remarkable. Like, I mean, we were playing shows, like doing our shit, which granted we were playing college towns, but still, yeah, you know what I mean? It was still playing in front of a crowd. You're still performing. Yeah. Yeah. So that was, that was something I realized I had a knack for. But then what sucked was, my uncle put it like this. So my uncle is a fire chief in uh Benton. His name's JT Wallace Junior. Uh and my grandpa, his dad, that's my this is my mom's dad. Uh he was actually the fire chief here in Bozier for years. Okay. Um, but with that being said, my uncle uh he played guitar for I mean, since he was a child. Like that was his thing. And uh he ended up becoming a fireman and his whole thing was this was like he told me this and it was like a word of wisdom from him to me, whenever I was thinking about, like, not playing with the band anymore, he was like, once it becomes your job, it sucks the joy out of it. Yeah. And I was like, I didn't want to believe that. Because, I mean, if you're playing music, it's like everything else. Like, you're playing football, and that's your life. You want to go to the NFL. If you're playing music, and that's your life. Yeah, you want want to to go all the way with it, yeah. Right, you want to be a recording artist. But, like, um, I did realize, though, like, over time, it's like, what I want to do, and it's something I'm still, I'll probably work on for the rest of my life, but I want to, like the genres that I like, I want to record at least one album in each kind of genre that I like. At least every genre I like to play.
0: You know what I mean? Just strictly guitar. Well, no, not strictly
1: guitar. Are oh, you talking about
0: recording with someone singing on it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Full band. Yeah, okay, for gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Gotcha. So, yeah. I, um, yeah, it's funny because I play guitar. I was influenced by my uncle. Um. My entire family kind of played on my dad's side, but... Dude, I never put enough I put enough time in it to get a girl's attention. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. Not not that not nothing more than that.
1: Well that was the first um, song I learned which for that reason
0: too. Yeah, right. You know, so like it was cool to pick around and shit when you have people over. We're hanging out with the buddies. Cause I had other buddies that were self we're all self-taught and I learned some from them. They learned some from. you know, we all learned from each other. And then I mean I, dude, I have a guitar still at the house. I got rid of all I had nice epiphones and all kind of shit. I had some mm-hmm. nice stuff. I got rid of almost all of it and I have one guitar left that my grandmother bought me she's dead now but it was probably I was probably 16 so we mm. were into playing we were big into playing from like 14 to like 17 then we just didn't care anymore right um, and I kept that one it's a cheap ass it's like a Johnson or something it's probably a $100 guitar but I kept yeah. it and I have new strings on it and I'll pick it up at the house every now and then and the kids were like making fun of me like you don't know what you're doing <laughs>
1: dude if we jam for like two weeks you'll be jamming again
0: yeah I know she's man it's just you know how it is like your fingers you gotta build the couch cal- I mean shit your fingers hurt, hurt for fucking two weeks and then You got to remember chords and remember songs because I was bad about learning songs. I knew a little bit of chords, but I was bad about like I would hear something and I'd try to play it and I would never really create anything new. I was just recreating shit and playing stuff. But most everything I learned was on acoustic. And so then when I got an electric in my hand, it's so much easier. You know what
1: I mean? Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, the net. Well, usually on electric, you have like lower gauge strings. Right. On top of that, your fretboard, generally speaking, are going to be thinner. thinner. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So just, like, when I picked that up, it was easier to play that, you know, that same shit I was playing on acoustic. So it's was like, right. if you get it down on acoustic, you can play it on anything, right? Oh, God, yeah, dude. But, um, yeah, dude, no, I, have a, I still have a love for, like, I have a love for music. I have a love for guitar. And I feel like if it was, imp- it's not as important to me these days, but I feel like I beat myself up for a long time saying, damn, I need to play. I need to keep <laughs> playing, you know. I done forgot all
1: this shit. forgot well, more than I knew. Well, it's therapy. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing, too, and that's. Yeah, it's something that you talk about a lot on the show. I've noticed with every guest, it's like, like, what are you doing other than working? Because obviously, you know, like everybody that comes on this show, they're they're hustlers, man. Yeah, for sure, for the most part. For sure, that's that's the thing. Like, like, what do you do for leisure? Like, what do you like? What brings you peace? And that's the thing too. Like, even so, I mean, backtracking because I mean it is kind of a long story. So like, I kind of just jumped around and did a lot of stuff from I mean eleven years ago. I would say like my mindset of because I graduated high school when I was seventeen. Yeah. So like my mindset was like from that point I was just trying to figure out what the hell I wanted to do, you know. And I did end up going to get my associate from Bipsy. Like thank God, you know what I'm saying. I, got, I did
0: too. I got I got associate before I got my um, bachelor's at NSU. But yeah, right. I did I didn't my associate. But, but you see Bipsy. what I'm saying? It's but like, I didn't do it right out of high school though. I waited like fucking five years. Came back and did online.
1: I got well shit. It took me till 2017 to finally do it though. And when did you graduate? from high school shit, December december 2011 okay gotcha yeah Yeah. so uh, it's it's funny
0: i just thought about something that's really funny so this is how i respect you as an individual as a whole that you're you're the only person that's ever come on the show that's younger than me really yeah i think so now that i'm thinking about it i can't think of anyone younger than me so everyone on here Hmm.
1: well that is something you guys talked about the bni group is like i mean yeah it was like me Michaela. Right, I mean, oh, you're yeah.
0: just in, you're you're a new wave of what you know what we've been trying to do. So, like, you're keeping this thing going. Like, I know we're not that much, age difference isn't that much, but it yeah. is. Like, for me, but most people that come on here, we're talking about all this shit. They're they're typically another five to ten years older than me. You know what I mean? Right. And you're, I don't know, how old are you? Twenty eight. Twenty eight. So I'm 33. So yeah, five years younger than me. It's crazy. Just right. I just was thinking about that when you're talking. I was like, oh shit, that's a good thing, man. That's right. that's
1: that excites me. That's why I brought it up. Well, yeah, I've it, never thought about it. It's more. I mean dude that's the crazy thing about being this age too though man like me and I mean Anthony can tell you the same thing we got a lot of buddies that like we got buddies that have been in out of rehab we got buddies in prison but then we got buddies that are doctors we got buddies that are you know what I'm saying like it's a weird age man like
0: yeah it is you start realizing uh, it's funny because I look back and like even I've reconnected with some people in the past Um, I think like even some that were on the have been on the show that you know I grew up with that are now like attorneys now and doctors and shit it's like I never picked that for them. I didn't think they'd ever do that because they're complete polar opposite growing up, you know? Right. And then the people you thought were going to do good just kind of went down the wrong path. Yeah. And they fizzled out, you know?
1: Well, yeah, dude. And it, I mean, you can't call it, you know, it's, I don't know. It's wild. The, uh, what I noticed more often than not, I mean, what really gets people more often than not is substance abuse, bro. Like, yeah. honest to God, like I, like people that have a lot of potential. Like, that's the thing that I've noticed, like, what really gets people. It's always something, yeah. You're right, you're right. And, I
0: mean, yeah. I, I do look back at that. And there's people that got, like, bad off on fucking meth and shit that I didn't even think. They never even had the tendency to do anything like that growing up. Right. You know, but they just hooked on. Like, at some point, it was presented to them, and they grabbed a hold to it and hooked. It was hooked. You know, I don't know how right. that works. But I've definitely seen a handful of people that I grew up with. It's like, shit, man, I
1: just got them. It's over with, you know. Yeah. Well, let's do 2% of people that get on methamphetamines get off of it and stay off of it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, it's a, it's a horrible yeah. thing. Well, that's something that's really bad too. That and opioids, man. Opioids have fucking been bad for 20 years though. Like, mm-hmm. which when I was, I don't know how it was but when you were in school. Like, when I was in school, like, everyone loved fucking Tabs and Xanaxes. Yeah. And
1: well, yeah. There's a lot of spots that I'd start, I would distance myself from. Cause I mean, my thing was, was like, people were drinking, smoking weed. I didn't give a shit. Yeah. Once I started seeing people like snorting pills, I'm like, I'll go and go because that's whenever doors get kicked in bro
0: well well, not only that yeah well yeah. that that leads to something else and then it just keeps building on that like yeah. right and then the Adderall thing took off too but that didn't take it probably took off while you were in high school for me it took off when I was you know coming into my drinking years yeah so it really didn't affect us that much but there's people that's bad off on that shit too
1: well I remember I used to make the joke I never did it but I used to make the joke like any stimulants get me like... Me too. Me too. Yeah, like, I'm really sensitive to them, but I remember I always make the joke, like, I'd walk into a party, I'd be like, who's got Adderall? And they're yeah. like... Do, I mean, I'm, right. I'm not gonna lie, I've
0: taken it uh, a handful of times, but I wanted to take it because I wanted to, like, stay up all night and I had to work early the next day or some yeah. shit. I've never just taken it. Like, some people just... Like, I know people that are on that shit that are still on it to this day that are fucking... They cannot function without it. and mm-hmm. They're eating two or three a day just to fucking be level-headed. You know yeah, what I'm saying? And, like,
1: that, and that's the thing, man. Like... I deprive myself from the caffeine so much, so like when I need it, like literally, dude, I can walk into a gas station and get like a like one of these or like a, yeah. like a triple or like a triple shot. Say if they have like the triple shot espresso, like the Starbucks one, there's a lot of sugar in it, but still, like if I'm coming home from Dallas or I'm coming home from a shoot, yeah. and I'm, I feel like I'm about to like go into the tree line, I'm gonna chug that, and then I'm.
0: Yeah, I, 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 yeah. that's that's the easy. I, I'll I can sip on these things. Are they're great, but they're extremely strong for me now because I think, and you've heard me talk about this too, but I figured out my my recovery and my rest and mm-hmm. how my body works. So it's like now I only need minimal. If I do ever need caffeine, it's a minimal amount right. because it, I'm way more sensitive to it. Whereas a year or two years ago, I was running on fucking fumes all the time, so right. I could drink two or three of these things a day and be like, and normal. and not even. Feel it, but now dude these these rank like they're like 300 milligrams of caffeine they're great yeah but like dude i drink a quarter of that thing and i'm fucking good yeah and good for a while that's, i think it's a good sipper though you just sip on it all you know all day if you want like some yeah. kind of
1: well that's my brother was drinking this morning when i took him to the airport yeah going to his hitch. <laughs> it's still i think it's still in the car it's probably in that car door honestly i don't know <laughs> but uh but yeah man um but yeah well, after that So, me and him actually started working together. Like, right after I got out of that band, me and him started working together uh, at California Row and Sushi. We were servers there. Nice, okay. And then that's how, like, that's how I got into, like, the food industry. Because, honestly, like, I've worked at, like, I've worked fast food before. I've done Sonic, stuff like that. But it's not the same. So, like, yeah. Uh, So, once I got there, I really got a, I got a love for, making food because that was the cool thing too they used to make a let us make our lunch you remember that like we was like making fried rice and all kind of stuff now granted when we use too much ingredient or too many ingredients or whatever of course they get pissed off yeah whenever, but like we'd be like me and him would just be experimental we have a, we're big on food that's a cool thing too like my brother is really who got me into that like because i remember i remember me and him would watch anthony Bourdain's show all the time yeah and uh and like my brother for a guy that like never actually worked as a cook or a chef which he worked as a cook, let me not like do that, but he never he never managed a kitchen or whatever. Right. But he's an amazing cook, you know what I'm saying for how little experience that he has in a professional setting. And um and really outside of that, like I remember so whenever I started working for Jason Brady, this is kind of fast, you know, going fast forward a little bit. When I started working for Jason Brady, that was like the first like fine dining place that I ever worked at and um i think that was 2018 yeah it was so in 2018 i started doing that and then uh it was like midway through 2019 um or like i think at the beginning of the year i became sous chef up there which granted wine country closed i think in may or june of 2019 and then i headed to nashville
0: well, so, wine country for those because there's so many people that listen and watch this that are not from this area. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. wine country is something that was around for a good while 15 years, 15 years, and it yeah. was a uh, very high end restaurant here. Um, I, I would, I'm trying to think, it wasn't Italian. Um, well, oh, it was
1: considered like a right, right, French style, right? Right, yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, but was we not had, What the description was. Yeah. We had a pasta, that was the thing though, like we had a pot, like. So the way that kitchen was structured was, like, you had, of course, your expo. That's where your sous chef was. But then you had your saute one. So, like, really all your proteins were coming off of that. And then saute two uh, on the opposite side of the range was, like, a pasta-like saute kind of situation. So then you had, like, you know, you had pasta, all that good stuff coming off of there. And then flip side, back over on this side next to saute one, you had hot apps. So you had all your appetizers. And then you had your grill guy next to your pasta guy. But like that, and then you had gourmand so desserts, salads, all that good stuff, breads. And there was a dude that deck oven in there, like eight, nine hundred degrees. It was insane. That's yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Like you can do if you can get
0: something that hot, like that's the biggest problem, right? Like on cooking anything, I don't mean to veer off on this, but we're just going to do this. Yeah, so, you yeah. know how this fucking works. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like when you're cooking anything, like if you have the ability to get from cold to hot. And you have all accessories you need, you can do whatever the fuck you want to do. Like, cause that's the biggest problem I've noticed. Like, in certain settings, it's like they can only get something so hot, like, especially like a mobile yeah. cooking setting, right? You can only get something like maybe 300 degrees. Yeah. But if you want to sear something that's a, a, a amazing cut, you know, yeah. and you can sear it at 500 real quick, dude,
1: you know, yeah. like, well, it's amazing. That's like, cause I mean, you will, you would have those people. It was rare though, I'll say this, it was rare that I would have somebody say they wanted like a cut of meat. Well, specifically steaks to be that rare in this area. Right, right, right. right. But now, granted, when I went to Nashville, though, yeah. yeah, it was like you had a lot of people that, I mean, they damn near wanted steak tartare at times. Yeah. You know, like, cause, but then again, that concept that we had at Nashville. So in Nashville, let me backtrack, though, because wine country, that, that kitchen. So it was formerly Giuseppe's because wine country used to be across Giuseppe's the street. Giuseppe's was Italian. Yeah, Rex, yes, was Italian. Convert, so yeah. all the equipment we had in there was Italian, yeah. pretty much. And like, I mean, that whole range they imported from Italy.
0: Yeah,
1: like it was insane. I didn't realize. I and in my head, that was the first fine dining place i have ever been in. So I'm like, well, this is all fine dining restaurants. Hell no, that's not how they are. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like in no, no way, shape, you were, shape or you were form. fucking fooled there. For I a second, was fooled because yeah. the thing was, dude, it was like you come in on your day off, as long as you're bringing your own ingredients. Now, granted, like. I mean Brady didn't care if you're using spices, little shit like that. But like if you brought your own ingredients, you come in there and experiment, do whatever the heck you wanted to do, so long as you weren't interfering with dinner service. Yeah. So I'd be in there on my days off in the Adidas track suit, just like you know what I'm saying, like Adidas track suit and apron, look like a Russian mob boss or something like that. Like, I'm like man, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna make this sauce today. I don't even know what the hell. You know? Yeah. But like, it was cool because we had that catering aspect to it as well. So me and Blake Frederick, he was a guy that I actually played football with when I was at airline. I grew up with him as well. I went to Green Acres with him as well. But um, he's from Kaplan, Louisiana. Him and his family from Kaplan, Louisiana. And, like, they're all, like, he got a love for cooking, like, through his family as well, you know? Because I remember one of the first times, and he was actually my drummer, dude. Okay. Yeah. So, like, in every connection in my life, you know, all the things I've ever been passionate about, he's been a part of them in some way, shape, or form, you know? Um, so, like, I remember at band practice one time, like we were at, we were actually at his folks house and, uh, cause the dad had a shit ton of equipment. He used to let us practice, you know, whenever they were at work. And, uh, I remember him like making roast and all that kind of stuff. And like, it was one of the best fucking roasts I've ever had in my life. Yeah. Like it was amazing. But like he, um, he's the reason why I went to wine country because I was working retail at the time and I just got out of school at Bipsy and I was like, obviously I wanted to do what I'm doing right now. Right. But I couldn't find... You know, I couldn't find an outlet because, I mean, Brent Latin during that time, I think Brent was still doing what I'm doing. It was just him. Yeah. Like, I think he had a virtual assistant, but, like, in that time frame, you know, I didn't go to work for him yet because, really, I couldn't. uh, He couldn't hire anybody full time. But long story short, with that, uh, so I get to wine country, and we had that catering aspect. Like, Blake was ahead of all the catering. Uh, So, like, the first event I ever worked, we went down to Natchitoches. And we did, like, a seated plated for a wedding rehearsal for, like, 50 people. And um, I fell in love, like, automatically fell in love with it. You know what I'm saying? Because it's like, and you know this now because you're doing this kind of stuff. Yeah, You know what I mean? Like, it's, you know, just the, all I was doing was salads, bro. But it was like, Mm -hmm. I was like, I never had to chop romaine faster in my life. You know what I'm saying? Well, I mean, it's just you,
0: when you, I don't know, like, when it's something that's important, yeah. You know, it's just not just a regular dinner or regular lunch or whatever. When it's something important, it means a little more, I think, and it right. makes you care a little more, too. Right. And so,
1: yeah, I mean, I, I get it. because yeah, Matt, you know Matt Conover? Uh-uh. So he moved, I mean, really, really me and him had a falling out, and if he sees this, whatever. But, <laughs> uh, you know, but he's he's one of the, I'll, I'll say this, talent-wise, one of the best chefs you'd ever work with. I learned, like, in, like, a year's time, I learned more. I feel like I learned more from him than I would ever be able to learn from any other cook that I ever worked with. And like, that's no, that's no throwing salt at Jason or anybody like that. Cause like Jason, will tell you too, like that dude is legit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like there's a little shit that he would do. Cause he worked everywhere. Like he, I mean, he was in New York city for a long time. He's been out West. He's been out of the country. Like he's done everything. And, uh, I remember like the dynamic of him, like he was the quintessential, like, like crazy chef. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Cause like we're at that, I remember us being at that event in Natchitoches and he used to live in Natchitoches. And then uh, Brady's like, he's like, shit, man, like we need, you know, we need two chicken breasts on the fly. And like Connor just leaves. And yep. we're like, what the fuck? What is, what is he doing? He was back in five minutes from the grocery store and he had he had chicken breast. Yeah. And we were like, how'd you do that? He's like, man, I used to live here. I know the back roads. Yeah. But he was just, he was already cooking them. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. He already had them seasoned. He was yeah, already yeah. cooking them. Yeah, yeah. It's like, okay. All right. Uh, But, yeah, man, um, so that happened. Uh, Went to to Nashville when Wine Country closed, and, like, that was a huge shout-out to Jason Brady because he always uh, always made sure I had work. That was kind of his thing. He was like, I made sure his business continued to operate in a lot of ways because if it hadn't been for guys like me and Blake, I mean, I don't know what the hell he would have done. And he'll even tell you that, too. Like, those holiday seasons without guys like me and Blake that would be there 60 to 70 hours a week. Yeah. And like not, bitch. You know what I mean? Like it's, it well, was what it was.
0: I've had a. It's interesting too, because like if you watch, uh, what's that show? That new show that came out um, has a guy from Shameless in it. Plays a cook. We talked about the show already. The Bear. The Bear. Yeah. Um. I have a newfound respect for the service industry, especially the back house now mm-hmm. because I'm doing this shit on the week, like doing the catering, like doing the barbecue shit. Yeah. So I found a new, I have, I've always loved to cook, I always enjoyed it, but I never really had insight to it. And then hanging out with like Peanut here, you know, here in the East Bank and getting the ins and outs and stuff and seeing how shit operates and seeing a good functioning operation, seeing a horrible one, yeah. and then trying to create your own and kind of use all those pieces. I found the respect for it. So it's, it's interesting to have these conversations. Some people don't give a shit, but they don't realize how much goes into that. Well, yeah. To make Every sure single move in part to make sure everything's perfect, especially when it comes to fine dining. It's a whole other yeah, game. Yeah.
1: And the, and the thing is, you could kind of get away with some of the menus that we had, like on the catering side, were more lax. Yeah. Because you'd have a bride that literally just wanted hamburgers. Right, right, right. You know what I mean? But then, but yeah, like on the wine country side,
0: dude. Well, I've gotten could, bad uh, about, I've gotten bad about, I don't think it's a... It's just hard to explain. Well, I mean, it is, but it isn't. So, like, I'll see stuff that people want. I'm like, Ugh. You know, like, that's not even fucking... Like, I see people do things and yeah. cook things and sell things. And I'm just like, that's not... You didn't do anything. You just used some shit and put it together. Like, you didn't create anything. You well, know yeah. what I mean? You yeah. use pre-cooked stuff or whatever. You really didn't create nothing. So, like, I hate doing shortcut shit. Yeah. I don't like... Like, I really hate doing stuff that I didn't prepare. Right. Like, I would rather serve... Here's here's an example. So, last weekend, I did... um. Uh, Turkey legs and smoked sausage like at this event for this this outdoors wildlife and fisheries event, you know, because mm-hmm. I knew it would be easy, but I smoked the turkey legs. I'd much rather you have a turkey leg versus a fucking piece of smoked sausage. But if you want smoked sausage, cool. Right. Like there's nothing good or creative about that to me, you know, right. Versus like me smoking pork butts for fucking 18 hours and then taking the time to put it into a talk to- and like make something out of it. Right. Like I appreciate that shit more. So like I look even on my own stuff, like on my own menus, I'm like, damn. This, I don't feel like I did anything, but I'm still putting it out there because people want it. You know what yeah. I mean? It's weird. And the, and the thing is, at the end of the day, you know, your client's right. Yeah, I know. That's what I know. <laughs> but you just, like, I yeah. see it now. I see it. Just like the music industry. Yeah. Like, people are like, oh, this is a, cre-, you know, new shit. Oh, my God. This is the best thing I've ever heard. Nobody likes it. You know what I mean? Like, it yeah. is what it is. But it was an amazing fucking piece of art. But right. It just is what it is, man. Well,
1: and the, but that's the thing, like, and that's what I realized, too. With the amount of people that I talk to on a daily basis, I mean, even from networking or just building relationships or whatever, like it's you'd be surprised at the amount of people that don't know how to cook. Yeah, at all. Yeah, I mean, they have no idea, like what the they, hell. And they like the mean? worst shit
0: too. They're like, oh, it's so good. Like, somebody I was somewhere with the family, like I say, my like the dad's side of the family, I was somewhere down there, and they, they we were at, maybe I believe we were out of town, like in vacation, or like we we're in Colorado, or so I don't remember what it was or that. Like, they were like, yeah, the chicken strips are really good there. I'm like. Did you just <laughs> fucking say that like, the chicken strips are good? Like, <laughs> you just went out of town and ate chicken
1: strips. Yeah, like what you the, the fuck, man? At home.
0: Yeah, I mean, if you are
1: a Nashville, like, you know, saying like no, that's Nashville, Nashville hot chicken. Thing, that's different. But, like, but no,
0: this is just some random place. They got really good chicken strips. I am like, are you fucking, kidding me?
1: <laughs> are you fucking five, like, <laughs> like, bro, you gotta try. You yeah. gotta try the corn fritters, bro.
0: Yeah, yeah, no. but no, man, I, I didn't mean to go on a tangent there. But no, I just, I get it, man. Um, I get like. I get the industry more now, I guess, than
1: I did before. I didn't just never even thought about it. Right. And yeah, once I got to. So once Wine Country closed and I got to Nashville, um, that was a whole different animal, which granted, I was there for several months by myself. I had, I mean, my buddy Cameron Merrill was there and I had some family that was about like a. uh, No, go ahead. Did you go there to play?
0: Actually, did you go there uh, to cook?
1: I went there to cook. Okay, got you. Yeah, because I wasn't. At that point, I just really wasn't interested in, right. you know, like playing for a living. But so this kitchen equally is nice. Uh, it was in the Thompson Hotel down in the Gulch. What's the name of the uh, Marsh House? Marsh House. Okay, that's owned by Brian Landry. So Brian, Tom- Brian- Thompson
0: Hotel. Where's that at? In correlation to uh, Broadway?
1: Uh, it's walking
0: distance. Okay. So. so-
1: um, I would I mean I would walk to Broadway from work's parking lot okay. on my days off cuz like we had you know parking is down there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like they would pay for your parking if you worked there. Gotcha. So I would just park in the work parking lot and I'd walk to Broadway cuz I was like it was Austin is Congress and then Nashville is that long road. I think it's Gallatin. So like yeah, you walk up to yeah, you yeah, walk up so. to Gallatin and then you walk down Gallatin and then you hit a left on 2nd, I think. And then like you, then you could hit another left, and you'd be like parallel, because you couldn't walk over the highway or whatever. It was something is that like place that. still there? Marsh House, yeah. Yeah, okay. So like Brian Brian Landry owns well Brian Landry owns a lot of different concepts. Like he owns a place in Fort Worth now. He owns places in New Orleans. He owns places in it's QED Hospitality is his group. Okay, and uh, he owns places in Nashville as well. And um, he he in particular, I only saw him a little bit. But he went to culinary school with Jason Brady in Charleston, South Carolina. So, like, they were, like, best friends in college. So that's really how I got the job, gotcha. essentially. Um, but I think under different circumstances, it would have been a great time for me. Like, it was it was very different than any concept I've ever worked in in terms of, I mean, there were techniques I wasn't familiar with. And, like, that was really humbling in and of itself. But then on top of that, like, they had me working as a lead line cook. And all that really meant was was, like, I was doing the hardest shit that the yeah. cooks had to do. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I could handle it. But the thing was, was like, I, I did have moments of, you know, not being there with my wife at the time. You know, I didn't have kids yet, but not being there with my wife at the time, being like, I only saw, you know, I was there for several months, probably only saw my buddy Meryl like four or five times. You know, we really didn't get to hang out a lot. And then on top of that, I only saw my family a few times that lived about an hour away from there. Um, which, all worth it for sure. But I remember a lot of nights like, you know, my sous chef would be like, hey bro, like what's going on? Like my orders, everything were coming out fine. Yeah. But he's just like, you're not yourself today. Like what's going on? It's just like, emotionally it kind of jacked with me because it was like, I wanted things to be one way and they just didn't really. It is what it is. Yeah. It, it it didn't work out the way I wanted it to, but I made, I mean, I made my lifelong relationships. I mean, there's people I'm friends with in Nashville that I would have never known. I'm glad I know them. You know, um, one guy in particular, is uh, my buddy, Sam. And I remember kind of, and we're just going to go there, but I, I really remember this, like it's kind of, cause we know like, I mean, yeah, obviously racism exists yeah. in, in general, but like I realize like kind of how unified we are here as people, like, as opposed to like in Tennessee and places in the Midwest, it's really kind of weird because, like, I remember, like, the guys that were from Nashville that I worked with, like, I would hang out with the black cooks. And, like, I remember one guy looking at me one day and be like, why are you hanging out with them? And yeah. I'm like, because they're, they're my friends. What are you talking about? You know what I'm saying? Like, that was normal to me. But I remember that was, like, a weird culture shock, too. Like, not saying everybody from Nashville is like that. But, hell, there's no instance in which I can think of here in which that happened in a work environment. Got you. You yeah. know what I mean? Okay. Like, an individual's like... They were they would ask me why I'm hanging out with somebody because of their color. Their color. Yeah, I was like, "What do you mean why I'm not hanging out with him?" But anyway, like my buddy Sam, we ended up being like real tight. I remember, and they, I remember him telling me too. Like he grew up in Nashville. I remember him telling me too. There's been a lot of gentrification, like where he grew up is like all like everything's been
0: yeah. gentrified. Well, it's interest, interesting too because like I feel like that's it depends on the industry too, right? Because you have Everything's so integrated now, but versus 10 years ago or even 20 years ago, you didn't have, you know, people of different races in different, in leading roles. Right. So those people in leading roles will look down upon those other people who may just be doing prep work or watching right. dishes or something, not thinking, you know, I've seen it in multiple industries viewed different ways. In some industries, it's been progressive for a long time, you know, right. whereas other industries, it's still lingering, you know. Right. So it makes sense. I mean, and I think, yeah, but I mean, it is interesting how, that would seem like more of a progressive area because it is than here, but in that right. specific you know industry, and it, and not. Was, so I mean, much, it was you know?
1: weird, man. Like the experience was odd too, because I remember me and him hanging out after work. We used to we would usually get out between twelve and one. It was pretty decent, but like we were hanging out it was, like one thirty in the morning. We we're hanging out on his on his front porch, and I mean, it's like a I mean it's a pretty nice neighborhood. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, but it was like these condos. Like we're hanging out on the porch of these condos, and. Like, Nashville PD rolls up, stops. We're looking at each other. We're looking at him. We got our beers, which is legal. We're home. Yeah, home. You know? And uh, he, like, spotlights us. <laughs> and, like, dude, it was the weirdest, like, but it was the weirdest thing. Like, we were spotlighted for, like, three or four minutes. And I guess he was trying to see if we were going to do something. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But then, like, he, he took spotlight off and rolled. But I remember Sam looking at me, and he's like, he's like I'm telling you, he's like, after growing up here, had you not been here, that would have went down a yeah, it lot different yeah. different. yeah, You know, I was
0: like. Unfortunately, that's shit. something we're still dealing with, man. We're going to for a long time. I just, I think it's one of those things where it's a stain on the industry so long that it takes beating the old old mindset out of someone before the new takes place, you know. Right. It sucks, but it is, you know, it's just one of those things where, that, you know, we're dealing with that as a whole. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember,
1: uh. So did you ever watch Heldon and Kumar go to White Castle? Dude, it's been so fucking long ago, but yeah, I do remember well, I mean, the, I watched the, the ridiculousness of this situation. So C B D was big up there. This is before C B D was before, yeah. legal. it was even legal here. I remember like I was like, wait, you can just smoke C B D flour? And like there like people in Nashville like, yeah. So like I went and got I went and got like a bunch of like C B D like pre rolls and I went out to this park. It's like it's like connected to this lake. I remember like it was one of my first days in Nashville, and it was like it was like something out of that movie. I would like smoke this whole thing down, and it makes you feel pretty good. You're not like stoned. Yeah, it's not like a. It's it a makes different you feel high, really yeah. good. And I remember like I was walking on this trail, and I sh- like I shit you not, fucking baby deer walks up to me, dude, and I'm like, I mean, like literally, it was like that movie. I'm just like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm like out of my mind. Like, is this really happening right now? And then, like, a random guy I didn't even know was on the trail with me, like, walks by. He's he, he's like, he's like, man, they're not scared of anything around here. And yeah. I'm like, yeah, apparently not. That was a real moment. The rest of it's pretty dark, though. So I guess we'll get off of Nashville now.
0: Oh, dude, let's go uh, dark. I like dark. Come on. You can no, go dark. going to that. Okay, bad. never mind. Oh, <laughs>
1: <well>. <laughs> no, so. We'll have yeah, with Yeah, yeah fast, fast forward, 2020 happens. It's before COVID. And that's how I get into what I'm doing now. Yeah. So, uh, Brent Latin took a shot on me, uh, and I'm ever grateful for him in that regard. Because had I continued to be in the service industry, COVID would have been hell. Because I mean, I had kids on the way
0: at that point. Yeah, it killed everybody for a yeah. long time.
1: So I mean, it. Uh, yeah, Brent made sure you know we were all paid throughout the pandemic, and I mean, he gave us work to do. Because the thing is, he had a, he had or still does have a contract with. Um, Catto Parish, So like all their PSA, stuff like that. I was able to edit stuff all throughout the pandemic pretty much. But like, and as we got to go back to work, I mean, yeah, we'd be masked up, but I'd, you know, I'd go to this city hall and film and do stuff like that. It was cool. But, um, that more so that experience got me, um, Brent's like big. He's, I mean, he's a Christian as well. He's got kind of, he's more like a, he's got more of like a liberal mindset where that's concerned. He's not like hardcore Southern Baptist. And I think that's why me and him got along so well. Cause I kind of drifted away from that and I came back to it. You know what I'm saying? But like with a different mindset, you know, cause like hit one of his clients too was a peaceful rest Baptist church. That's where he plays organ. And like every Sunday or every week I would edit the sermon from that past Sunday to be like published on, uh, I think it's on KTAL is the station they use or whatever. But um, so like, essentially I was like, well, I was kind of like forced to be in the word again. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, which I remember at first, like being kind of like apprehensive about it. And then like, actually got to know, uh, as pastor Tim Jones, he dude, honestly, man, like that would be a guy to be on this show though. If you're just talking about like straight up, like not just theology, but just like philosophy. Yeah. Like that dude is like, like crazy smart, dude. Like, it, and he's not like a, you know what I'm saying? He's not one of those guys where you feel like, this dude's judging me. Yeah. He's a Southern Baptist preacher. He's judging It's like, he's just, you real, dude. You know what I'm saying? But, long story short, it was good. My experience at YPE, Young Pros, was really good for from a spiritual standpoint, but it was also really good, like, of course, from a technical standpoint of my job. Because what ended up happening was like, I ended up editing the majority of the time that I was there. Like, I shot a good bit, but. I had a decent, you know, I had a decent hold on or rather a decent grasp of how I wanted my style to look, so to speak. And I got to hone that in, but like editing, I mean dude, I got to the point where and I'm still to the point now, the workload I can take on, I feel like is a, a heck of a lot more than most people that do what I do. For that reason. Yeah. Um because Brent's one of those guys dude, when you watch him edit, it's like that's the the example you want to go off of if you're trying to do that for a living. I mean, it's just, like, it's lightning speed, bro. Like, and it's attention to detail. Yeah, and and there's so many
0: people that takes forever. And some people never grasp that, especially photographers. Like, you know, where it takes, I'm not saying anything against photographers. I'm just saying, like, there's photographers that take, it takes them so long to get stuff back, like wedding photographers and stuff, because it takes them so long to edit. Right. They're just not as quick, you know. I'm not saying they're not good, they're just slow, you know.
1: Yeah, that was, I mean, that was Brent's thing, too. He's like, dude, it's just, it's efficiency, you know what I'm saying? Like, and. Uh, it's worked for him, obviously. I mean, he's he still has a lot of success to this day. Like you can't you can't get a hold of that guy anymore, bro. Like, yeah, he's everywhere at once. But um, so yeah, that that happened, and then uh, then yeah, now we're here, bro. I started Surface Wave. Yeah, now we're here. Yeah, so doing wave.
0: big you're big kids shit, man.
1: Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, <laughs> uh, no, it's it's badass, man. It's like you actually get to spend time with my kids. But the cool thing that I've realized now is that I've I've kind of reached a goal in which I, I have go, new goals set. And that's, I remember you and uh, Nate talking about that. It's like, so like, what do you do whenever you get where you want to be? Well, you need to already have goals set. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like for after that,
0: for after that, or and be like, thinking about it at least.
1: Yeah. Cause like, you know, if you get to that point, I've done that so many times with fitness as well to where, cause I remember dude, like I blew up at one point. I remember when I lost all that weight, I was kind of like, well, shit, what do I do? Yeah. <laughs> You know what I'm saying like if you don't have like a like a goal in mind you know it, it doesn't you're not going to keep progressing as a human being and like that's the big thing with my business where I'm like I'm right now I'm really happy because I'm working everybody I work with I like I love them It's not like a now I like them no like I love the people yeah. I work with right now And like I had to work with a lot of people that I didn't you know what I'm saying I'm not I'm not going to say I didn't like per se – but at the same time, I work with people that maybe like they, I figured out they don't like my style or I figured out like whatever they're demanding. They're not really realizing like the work that goes into that. They don't necessarily appreciate the work or you figure out what kind of clients you want to work with also as a business owner.
0: Yeah. And then you want to copy and paste them if you can. Yeah. But it takes a little, some people, man, they never figure it out. Yeah. There's people that I've done business with in marketing and I'm like, give me your perfect ideal client and they don't know and i'm like how oh. and they've been in business for 10 20 years i'm like how do you not know yeah like anyone I'm like anyone with money i'm like no that's not no like no i can't i'll figure you. it out no. for you but like you should know at least who your perfect client is so i can go out and find them for you you know what i mean right but yeah i mean it it's one of those things where people most people don't have realistic expectations when it come to anything dude anything right I was having a conversation with Bhutan like yesterday. I think about about what what he does and what I do. He does IT. And we do a lot of marketing, web design shit. And what you do, it's the same thing. It's like they think, oh, it's, it's simple, it's easy. Like how many times have you heard that? Oh, it's just an easy, quick little shoot. Yeah, it's a quick. Like, shoot I, mean, I mean, it's a little it's, it's quick. Nothing, edit. nothing, to, nothing, nothing, to, nothing to, to it. it nothing to quick. It. Like they have no fucking clue what they're talking about. Nah. You know, I mean, it's one of those things where yeah, you could easily do it on your iPhone. Yeah. But is it going to look as good as it? does when i do it no it's not
1: you know what I mean? well there's a realtor the other day i was kind of <clears> coaching her because uh i know she's not really in a position to um she's not in a position to right. like put me on retainer right yeah. now which of course i mean like you you got to start somewhere but like i kind of coached her up i remember her sending me the video and she's like why is it rendering out like this and then we figured i figured out the problem with her but, like that's the thing too dude a lot of your job's gonna be doing stuff that you're not gonna pay for
0: like if that's you, how, i feel like that's how you, you retain
1: the right clients well though.
0: yeah i mean you got to be careful so like some people don't value what they get for free, right? And some people need to see something before they value it. So you got to right. pick and choose who they are, right? Because there's right. a lot of times where I've done stuff like people just want you to do shit for free, and they right. don't value it. And there's there's times where okay, now we're gonna have this opportunity to do something. Let's do it and see if it works out. You know, right. if it's gonna pay pay it forward kind of thing. And that that happens a lot. Like especially like nonprofit stuff, you know, yeah. um, philanthropic endeavors. I'm like, okay, sure, I'll do it. Just you know, give us a shout out, you know, whatever.
1: Yeah. And that's the, you know, that's the thing, man. Like it's, you can pick and choose that kind of stuff. And that's something I've realized too. Like it, there's some people that, you know, I'll extend that kind of offer to, but that's one thing, dude, there was a Gary V podcast that you had us listen to and be an one time. And I remember him talking about, uh, well, I mean, it's how Gary V put it because it's Gary V, but he (laughs) uh, he said, uh, he verbatim, he said, if, you give to someone with the expectation expectation of something in return then you're a piece of shit yeah exactly because the thing is is like especially if you're giving yeah you know yeah someone's
0: (laughs) paying for something they expect something in return right right But if you're just giving something if you go
1: into the situation thinking about what you're going to get out of it before you even do it then you're a piece of shit because the way i view that is like i mean almost every realtor that (coughs) i've i've worked with now or i'm working with on a monthly basis now um or like most clients that come back to me, I offered them something for free at first because it was like you don't know me, you don't trust, like you don't trust right. me, you don't know anything about. Like you can look at a video that I've done for somebody else, but you don't know how you're going to look on camera. You don't know how I'm going to convey your message. So it's like, well, let's do something. And the thing is, like worst case scenario, bro, they never call me again. Yeah. It's like okay, like that's fine because the thing is, like they may get with me and realize well, I don't really like working with this guy because X, Y, Z. Like, not everybody's going to like you. You know, and that's the, that's the big thing that I've learned and I think that I've learned in entrepreneurship is that if you're afraid of getting told no, you ain't going to last, bro. Because you're going to get told no a lot. Yeah, you got to get kicked in the dick a lot. <laughs> it is what it is. Like, uh,
0: man, I hate that fucking word entrepreneurship. I hate the word entrepreneur. Um, not because I have anything against it, but so many mm. people have staled the, the fucking demeanor. You know what I mean? like all these fake, the fake CEOs and these fake people that bullshit. Like if you have to say that you are an entrepreneur, you're probably fucking not. You know what I mean? Your mom and daddy probably gave you a shitload of money to start this fucking thing. Or you probably have a pool of investors or you, you know, or you're bulls trying to fake it till you make it, which, Hey, I, sometimes I, Hey, I get that. You know what what I'm saying? But like, I don't know why dude. I get so, I don't know why that, that, that word irks me, but I think I've just seen too many people bullshit. I've seen too many bullshit artists, you
1: know?
0: Um, I don't even, you know, consider what we – I don't consider us entrepreneurs. I just consider us hardworking motherfuckers that know how to hustle. You know what I mean? I think that's what it is, right? Yeah, I mean, for real, because it sounds better to to me, right? Like, I I wouldn't consider myself that because there had to be an opportunity lineup for me to have the – I had to be fortunate enough to gain this position somehow, right? Yeah. Hard work's part of it, but, like, I don't know, man. It's just – it's one of those things where it's been used so many times to describe so many – types of people that it's so broad now that it doesn't even have any merit to me anymore i think well that's the
1: big thing though dude like um, and i'm honest with people all the time about like how i got my start like that first sony that i had yeah like that yeah my mother brought that yeah but the thing is is like she also knew at the same time like she's like go make money with it well that's I mean, literally that's, what she said that's, she was uh, like go make money yeah with
0: that's it. great like so people Fine. look at me and they're like Oh, you have a marketing company. No, me and two partners have a marketing company and they brought me on. I was in oil and gas yeah. and they took a chance on me because they thought I could, you know, do some forefront business on this. And so I tried it out while I was juggling both and then it worked out, right? right. But they took a chance on me and then it spiraled into me growing my network of a whole nother thing and then all this other shit I'm doing now. You know, every opportunity you have, I feel like most of us, we do create our, we do somewhat create our opportunities, but there's still someone that, helped us a little bit along the way god yeah and, and then when people try to yeah. not give those people their accolade or their, yeah. their you know or their respect or anything
1: that's what i think that's where that word gets tarnished right right because that i mean dude the big thing is like what i've seen so many times i've seen so many individuals seriously through the years where a family member buys them a piece of equipment especially like a camera and that thing just collects dust bro. yeah
0: it happens all the time
1: but like that's that's what i realized not only in my industry whatever industry you're in I feel like what you have, what you have to do if you want to be successful is just do what ninety nine percent of people want. Because that, like, if you're being consistent, like that's the thing that I realized. Like, if you're being consistent on a daily basis, like I literally have a reminder in my phone every single day that says to pray, says to stretch, says to drink X amount of water, do all the stuff that I know I need to do to like feel a baseline of like I'm okay. You know what I'm saying? Because when I don't do that, I get in a funk. Yeah. So it's like. I, I have that reminder in my phone every day I have, on top of all the other sh- shit on my schedule. It says that every single day to do that ritual of things and it works and it doesn't matter. Like it doesn't have to be at the same time every day, but at some point I'm like, okay, I know I need to pray right now. Or I know I need to book like whatever it is that works for me. Yeah. But like if you're consistent, like dude, 99% of people aren't going to do that. No, they're not, they're not going to be consistent in something like that every day.
0: Well, no, because it's uh it's against the grain, right? Yeah. It's like, oh, I don't need to do that. I'm doing just fine. And you catch yeah. yourself and something's like, well, what did I do? What did I change? Why am I, you know, why am I doing better now than I was before? Why am I doing worse now than before? It's because something's off. Yeah. But you got to be self aware. And man, that's the biggest thing. I think I think self awareness is the biggest issue yeah. for anyone. Um, I I hate like bringing up topics that other people are well known discussing because I feel like I'm stealing people's word and verbiage, which is how I try not to. But it's mm-hmm. like, if you're not self-aware, which is fine, it takes people sometimes their whole fucking life. Like you take a person who's in a nursing home on their deathbed and they wish they would have done all these things, but they Mm -hmm. didn't do it because they were scared to take a a risk, right? Right. And so now they they have a life, their their lasting days are full of regret. Yeah. You know, they're like trying to get right with whatever their religion is because they know it's over with and they're also reflecting on all the things they didn't do. I think you just, if you just, jump out and do the fucking try, try figure out what it is like become self-aware about what i was g- going with that is become self-aware by trying to find what you like yeah and even if somebody and the big another big issue is like people think that they have to do something they're in a business and they have to work their x amount of years and then next thing you know it's 15 years and they're still fucking doing the same thing they were doing they hate yeah. it then they think well they can't leave because of the risk the yeah, risk the, of uh, the risk of insurance or the risk yeah. of but that I think it's the biggest thing because there's so many opportunities every single breathing moment that we we pass people unless you are able to sit and have a conversation with someone you don't know what you're fucking missing like there's opportunities anytime walking past people you don't know who they know what they need you know there's an opportunity to do something you always want to do you just got to find it right
1: i got to plug i got to plug somebody and it, is, and it is kind of a where are we at no, we're good. We're good. We're good. I'm just, you know, I got to, pl- I got to, I got to plug somebody though. And it's, it's kind of, it's a, it's a Christian story, but just bear, yeah. bear with me. It, uh, cause the concept of it is really like, it, it, it appeals to me spiritually, but it also ap- appeals to me philosophically. Uh, so Bobby Stevenson, um, really like he was the head of, uh, high school ministry at first Baptist exposure for years, like right. a- affected thousands of lives positively like dude was just you, you talk about an individual that was like did like did things without the expectation of anything returned and yeah. really meant it like that was that dude and uh honestly he's he's really the reason why I got baptized bro like that's that's my boy but um he passed away uh a few months ago yeah we talked about this briefly yeah, I think yeah, yeah. yeah uh that that jacked me up pretty bad yeah but I remember one of the story. I never knew this story, though. But one of his sayings was, uh, just buy the waffle. So, there we go. Like, you know what I'm saying? Just, you never know if you do something kind of thing. So, like, there was this guy. He's obviously a little off, you know what I'm saying? But, like, uh, he was asking for money and food or whatever. And Bobby was like, uh, he was like, all right, man. You know, like, whatever. Like, we'll go in waffle house. And this dude, like, he'd been in prison. So, like, what he started, you know, Bobby was noticing, like, he's sitting there talking to him. He noticed he was noticing like he was cutting a hole in the middle of the waffle. And like he took he took that bite and then like he poured his chocolate milk into the hole in the waffle (laughs) and was like whatever. But like this guy, like, you know, he sat there and witnessed to him or whatever. And like really they just the way Bobby was though, like you wouldn't even know if he was witnessing to you. Right. Like that's how like that's how cool he was about it though. It was like he could like implement like God into a conversation with an atheist and that atheist would walk away being like well, I still believe what I believe, but like, I like that guy, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like, he like, I feel like he was genuine, you know? And like, but his whole point was, was like this guy, even though like he was kind of nuts, he was moved by their conversation. And like, from that point forward, like he ended up seeing him again. And like, he, like he really was, like he was into the word and like, you know what I'm saying? Like he was, it. you could tell it changed that guy's life just a little bit for the better, you know, just having that, just having that meal with Bobby. So, like, his thing was, was just buy the waffle. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He's like, I could have just rolled by that guy. But, like, that that was his mindset. You know what I'm saying? Well, that's, like, I
0: mean, that's everything, man. You yeah. apply that to everything. Like, if you don't take the opportunity, you have no idea what the outcome's going to be. Right. Ever. Like, yeah. you don't. Like, you don't fucking know. Like, if you're too chicken shit to, like, take that one. And we had this conversation. Uh, you got to get back and be an eye, because I was talking about it today. But, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. so, like, there's, a, there's something that someone posted a video. And, we, you know, we kind of highlight things to educate and help. Each other learn how to network better and um marshall was talking about you know you shouldn't be scared you shouldn't be scared to do anything in your own business right right in life or anything but i brought up the point that yeah people seem to get anxiety and fear misconstrued right this yeah. is a difference. If something scares the shit out of you, you're frightened, is different than being anxious about making a decision. Right. Because you're worried about the outcome. It's two different things, in my opinion. You know, I, people may want to argue with you about it, but I believe that. So it's like if you're a bit anxious to make some type of decision or choice, because typically because you're afraid, but not so much frightened, just you're just worried about how that outcome is going to you know, be. Right. Like you're not going to get a yes. So you're probably not going to fucking ask the question, right? Right. Or you're not going to take an opportunity to do something to help someone because you may. Worried about how others see that, you know what I mean? Which is a big issue too. A lot of times.
1: Oh yeah, and it was like you talking about the other day, you know, the, the whole social media aspect of thing, and that it's yeah. it's high school amplified. It's like yeah,
0: dude, like- it is, man. But my thing is like, look, you got it's it's what you want it to be, right? Yeah, it could be a good thing or a bad thing. Yeah. If you want to get on there and argue, then that's what it is for you. If you yeah. want to get on there and bring each other up, then that's what it is for you. Right. So it's not just because it's a negative thing for one person doesn't have mean it has to be for another. It is fucking it is everyone as a whole communicating right. and unfortunately we all do not think the same we're always going to have disagreements right so you just find your fucking lane find your community that's what it is it's fucking community right. you decide to be in what if you want to be in that community that's argumentative and never gets anything resolved probably don't get anything out of it but if you find that community and get in that lane dude fuck reap the benefits you know what I mean right yeah bro yeah <laughs> Went on a tangent on that shit. Philosophy, my name No, yeah. I mean, we can keep doing that all day long. But, like, uh, yeah, man, I think that uh, I think what you're doing is great, dude. I, I'm proud of you, just so you know. Mm-hmm. Not saying this to fluff your ass or anything because we're on the air, but I'm proud yeah. of you because um, it takes a lot of balls to go out there and do something, especially not knowing if you can pay your bills next month. And right. you have children, too. And um, that's something that's scary, right? It's right. fucking, or, you know, makes you anxious, whatever the fuck. You know, it's something that you're like, man, I don't know, but you see the, the writing on the wall, like, Right, I know I have a valuable service that I can provide for someone, and I know I can do it right. And right. you just gotta fucking put the work in.
1: Yeah, yeah, man. I mean, that's the that's the thing. The clients, the clients that I work with on a monthly basis now, yourself included. I mean, it's like I actually look forward to seeing those people. So then, like, it makes it to where all I'm really doing at the end of the day, outside of when I'm editing. I mean, editing is probably the most monotonous task that I have, but still, I find enjoyment in it because it's like. Like, I'm really getting to, I'm doing something that most people, like, most of the population can't do at or professionally or in, like, an adequate manner. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it's something, it's a skill that you have to hone in over time. You know, so that that's something in and of itself. I'm just like, well, it is an art form at the same time. I get more, I get more juiced up when I'm filming something, of course. Right. Right. Because you're in
0: the moment. But then, dude. But well, then afterwards, it, like it's a cherry on top, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's the same. Yeah. Like I get, I get it in my industry too. It's like you're collecting all this content. It's like, oh hell yeah, hell yeah. But afterwards, the way you present that is a whole other piece of the artwork. Oh yeah. You know. Oh yeah, dude. It's
1: like, yeah, the, the promo we're doing tomorrow. I'm not gonna say. Well, I can't. I can't play. You're just gonna have to see it. Okay. I'm doing. A, I'm doing a promo for. Uh, I'll tell you off camera. but yeah. I want it to be. A, I want it to be a surprise for the world. Okay. But uh, I'm doing a promo for our girl. Britney Shepard tomorrow. Yeah. That's going to be legit. Did I already tell you about it? No. We may have
0: last week if we were partaking in some alcoholic beverages. I do not remember the the specifics of that. But. Yeah, I'll tell you about it. Cool. It's it's pretty cool. Cool. Yeah. I think, um, well, I think that. So we haven't even kind of divulged what it is you're doing. But, I mean, you're doing full scale video production and you're a one man shop right now. Yeah. Pretty much.
1: <laughs> and the way, I mean, dude, I've f- I found one, I've honestly found one person that I trust, like, to film the same way that I film.
0: Yeah. Which is different. Everyone's different, man. So that's, that's hard right. in itself.
1: But she's so good. She has her own style, but she's so good. She can emulate myself. Yeah. <laughs> you know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, she's legit. Um, so, but she has her own thing going too. It's Amy. Amy Bouglas, I was telling you about her. Yeah. Uh, we did. A, we've done a couple weddings together now, and like, I think going forward, not I think I know going forward, I'm gonna try to start throwing her uh, some real estate stuff for sure because that's something she wants to get into. She's not familiar with. Yeah. But like, you know, as far as like how I've, as far as how I've structured everything. Honestly, dude, all I did was watch YouTube, though. I watched guys in, like, New York, you Los fucking, Angeles. You fucking did your
0: research. Yeah. It's not just watching YouTube. You did your well, yeah, I research. That's just your form of fucking, you know, yeah. teaching yourself now. Like, right? Like, used to be it was reading a book, and you get a fucking PhD for reading so many books and answering so many fucking questions. Right. Now the
1: information is presented differently, but you're still fucking honing your craft and studying. You know what right. I mean? And there's aspects. I mean, dude, obviously, like, just from a standpoint of, you know, that's what I mean that's that's the kind of thing me and Brent would run into all the time. Brent would be like he's like dude as soon as I get this check we finna buy XYZ. Yep. You know what I'm saying cuz it's like you're always like you said you're always like a lot of it at this point dude like it's not so much a technique thing anymore as much as it's like efficiency. Well yeah, there's just equipment I want. Yep. Exactly.
0: Me too. It's like there's shit for barbecue I'm like keep growing it and putting it back into it until I get where I want to where I it's it's seamless and not a headache. Even though I enjoy it, I want it to be a little more seamless and less of a headache. You right. know what I mean? But you don't understand that till you get in the fucking nuts and bolts of everything, getting in it and gritty. Well, I wanted to bring this up because you, you haven't kind of, you hadn't explained it. So the real estate video market is huge. Mm-hmm. So we, you refer to real estate, that's what you're talking about, and and specifically listing highlights, right? Yeah. Um. So this stuff came along, new age of video to social media, about Seven years ago, six years, its about six years ago, I tried to step in front of it. I had a videographer that worked for me full time. I saw the right. writing on the wall. So I started doing these things you're doing now. I started trying to do that, and we did a lot of that initially because the market wasn't crazy like it has been the past year. Right. Whereas a listing would go out and it would sit on the market for almost six months. So how do you highlight that listing better? Photos are great, but here's the problem. Photos can be bullshitted. And when you look at those highly produced fucking edited images and then you you have someone look at that on the MLS or any time of Zillow or fucking Realtor.com, you see those images, you walk in the house and it looks like shit. Yeah. You're like, but you can't really bullshit a video. You can't really. You can do a little bit of lighting tricks and shit like that, but what you see is what you get. But then you're able to highlight certain features of the house. I remember doing a lot of work with builders and stuff early on. I don't even know if we talked about this, but I did a lot of this shit early on. Yeah. And I remember doing like... um. Highlighting specific features the builder did that was different because there's a lot of people building houses. So what's right. different about this? Highlighting those things, but I think it's extremely important. Now what you're doing and what you've been doing through kind of the the busy season. Now it's slowing down. I think that your shit's going to get really really busy because the mar- the listings are about to start. I mean, what our average list market um, listing on the market now is like 40 days. Whereas, yeah, well, whereas dude, Nick,
1: two- Nick will let me know. Yeah, he did knows. market update. Yeah, yeah, did he yeah, say he, it today. I don't know he didn't, but
0: I'll tell you that I know right now it's around 40 days. And whereas, you know, six months ago, it was like 15 days, you know, house on the market. And that's, that's been nationwide, not just here.
1: I remember at one point, Nick was like, average day is a market 10. I'm like, yeah, dude, dude.
0: and that was real. And that's in a market that's not aggressive. That's we're not even aggressive market. Like go to, you know, DFW in that fucking one day. Two days, you know, yeah. like lucky you're lucky. I mean, you're gonna have twenty offers on a house as soon as it goes live, yeah, yeah. And that market's gonna stay competitive there, but um, I think I think it is cool that you're doing that, and I think that it's a, there's a, like a resurgence for it, right? Because I felt like I was just trying to get in the door to take photos and videos because we were just trying to create another side of revenue, right? So we had twenty or thirty agents every month, we were making a little grip there and paying the photographer and videographer, but then the market started speeding up again, and then people started doing what we were doing. And then it was just a dog and pony show and like chasing the bone. And I was like, eh, you know, and then I didn't have a reliable fucking employees at the time, you know, well, so we didn't chase was... it no further and we kind of hung it up. And then when I met you, yeah, I was like, fuck trying to do this myself. I'll just pass you all the business. Like, fuck yeah. it, dude. Like, and I know you're good. Like, that's another thing. Cause I saw there'd be so many times where I'd send someone out that I thought was going to be great to work with us and they do a shit job. Yeah. you know, or not show up or, you know, or try to shoot the house dirty, like, dude. If it's fucked up, just leave. Well, yeah, re- call me re- if yeah, it's
1: dirty, and we'll figure it yeah, out.
0: Yeah, re- like reschedule. Don't just yeah. try to shoot. Turn shit into a shit sandwich. You know what well,
1: I mean? That's the thing, though, dude. I mean, that's. I mean, you already know that too. Like when I was first starting out, I mean, I would. I wasn't trying to hound y'all, but I mean, there'd be that that hundred fifty dollar check. Sometimes I'd be like, bro, you need it. I'm like, I, I need to pay for some yeah, shit. You need you know what you need saying? Yeah, I'm you like, need it. But at the same time, if I came to a house and something wasn't right, like I've had that, <laughs> I had that issue with Creed before, like. I'm like, well, listen, like, this isn't this going to look good. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, so I'm not, I'm not finna. No fault of anybody's. Like, you yeah. ain't finna pay me money right yeah. now. Yeah, bro. no okay, fault I'm of not going to like, take your money. Right. It's not going to look
0: good. Right. I want it to be up to my yeah. standards. So in order for it to be up to my standards, I need you to do your due diligence on your side. It's like right. any project, you know, not specifically just yours, but any project, right. you got to do your legwork to give me what I need so I can do what you want me to do kind of thing. Right. But, yeah, man, I think it's cool that you're doing that, and I think it's, like I said, I think the market's picking back up now, so it's going to be interesting how it transforms. And another thing you are doing, too, really well is this market here is 10 years probably behind everyone else. I would say five now because there's more information at scale for everyone now to obtain, but I'd say it used to be about 10 years behind everyone, and everyone says or behind larger metro areas, right? Right. And the more rural you get, that just happens. It is what it is. You're more disconnected. Playing on trends is a fucking dangerous game. So I like that y'all continue to mix stuff up. Yeah. You know, because looking at another market and trying to emulate what they're doing is cool. But it it can't just be a copy game all the time. You got to be unique and different.
1: Well, yeah, there's... um, So I actually have a Zoom call with a... uh, When we get out of here, I got a Zoom call with uh, a woman has a real estate team in jupiter florida like fort lauderdale like north of miami or whatever yeah. and um i just had a meeting with a guy from jupiter that's interesting
0: about something else i'll tell you later i wonder yeah i wonder yeah.
1: if i wonder if they know each other but yeah, uh that's what,
0: that's what i was gonna get
1: but she um really i just want to talk to them about their social and the reason why is because like i mean obviously they're not competing with anybody here but they do have they have a videographer they use that's a lot like me but that's what I explain to people though and what uh what I've been trying to explain to a lot of my clients like some of my clients do this some don't but like if like if I'm only doing like four videos for you a month you don't just need to post four videos though no you need to fucking do a lot of work you need to, this you just, need to do you know what I'm saying yeah. like you' cause that's especially build yeah, that up build up to that' cause, like they're a real estate team and that's the thing like it's all it's all girls and like one girl will like film the other girl like do the like the cell phone camera get the gimbal and like literally just speed show a house in like 40 seconds. Yeah. You know, but it's like, they just put, they put it on a reel, make like, they put music behind it and people do people watch it because it's, it's an attractive lady showing you a house. Yeah. Like that's, that's it. You know what I'm saying? But like that concept in and of itself isn't hard. It's like with a lot of people that I work with, what I'm noticing is like, you know, you got to get out of your shell though. Cause it's like, you know, it's you at the end of the day 90% of people hate being on camera
0: yeah but I, mean, I think it's because everyone's been trained to project themselves as someone they're not yeah and so they get in a position to where they know it's real and it can't be filtered right shit gets complicated right like you can't put a filter on a fucking video you can change the lighting but your face is not going to change i mean you can if you got snapchat or some shit well, you, you know? mean filters in yeah. terms, of, in terms of, contour contour of like changing the think? look of you who you yeah, are Yeah, yeah. No. like
1: you gotta it's it's pretty video is a lot more accountable Dude, it's funny, man. Whenever I have clients, they'll say, they'll be like, "Can you take 15 pounds off. And I go, <laughs> and it's, I probably record. Gonna, it's probably going to add 15 pounds. <laughs> I just, yeah, I'm just laughing at record because I'm like, no, no, I can't. It's video.
0: No, I can't. Like, you like, want to take 15 pounds off, go to the fucking gym. Like, I, you know what I <laughs> mean? I'm here to record you. Like, I mean, it's what it is. Like, that's what, that's what sucks, man. And so that, that hurts some people, I think that they're mm. like, ah, oh. that cause it's like, it's pure accountability.
1: But bro, it's the same. Like it's the same. And it's mainly in, in the real estate game. It's mainly girls, but like, you know, it's it's the same women that say stuff like that. I'll show their video to another group of realtors, they'll women, and they'll be like, "Oh my god, she's so perfect." Yeah, they love it. They love it. It's like yeah, it's
0: just, it's just insecurity, man. It, it's yeah. every industry, and I mean, it is what it is, man. It's a uh, it's one of those things, man. But what I love about it, what here's what I, my advice to everyone, because I've got, dude, I don't know how much content I've helped produce over the fucking past seven years, but it's been a uh, shit thousands and thousands and thousands, mm-hmm. and thousands of pieces. Dude, just fucking be yourself. Yeah. And find find your find your comfort zone, and don't try to be like everybody else. Like the the thing that pisses me off the most, especially like real estate, or, real estate's the worst because nothing against these people, but they're new to a lot of them are new to it, and they're just trying to figure out how to be better than the other person. Yeah. And what happens is there's a lot of competitiveness there, and they fight each other so try to help each other out. Yeah, it happens so bad in that industry and other industries too.
1: Well, yeah, I had, a, I had like, a woman, one of my one of my clients yesterday. She uh, she sent me a video of a video I'd done for another realtor, and she said video looks familiar. And I said, I said, girl, they're gonna copy you. And I said, they're smart to, because she's she's successful. That yeah. I'm saying, like they're smart to copy you. Yeah, but just change it. You know what I'm saying? Change but it. like, but I mean, that's what I'm saying. It's like I, I'm worse to look at that. Like if somebody's copying you, I mean, you're probably you're doing, doing something right. Something right. Yeah, exactly. Wow. I mean, you know? you're you're
0: literally, a, and you should. You should be proud of that and continue to hone your craft. Don't continue to do exactly what you're doing. Just build upon it. Yeah, just be the trendsetter. Yeah, man, because it's yeah. going to fucking happen. Like, and The thing is like, yeah, that's what I said. When you go to look at a trend, it's, it's over with already. Like, you try to start following one by the time you produce something and all that and you're fucking two weeks. Yeah, yeah. I mean it's over with. Yeah. It's not, it's like be the trend or, or just don't even worry about trend. Just fucking be yourself and like another thing is these people like just do like work Together, we're working against each other. That's the biggest thing, man. Some people ain't never gonna like each other. No, it is what it is. That's That's fine. That's fine, but you don't have to downgrade the other one. Just find your own lane and get in it and roll, you know, do your thing. Yeah, I've seen it, dude. I've seen it in this industry. It's so funny because. Nick, my business partner, when I got into this industry, he's like, dude, this industry is full of fucking drama. And I was like, it's all right, dude. I got it. I'll fuck it. We'll figure it out. And I was in it for a long time. Like, there's bureaucracy and drama yeah, in every, it every, every yeah, field. Of course. Of-, of course it is. But mm-hmm. like, it's, I don't think it's specifically that industry. It. It's not because it's different from anything else. I think it's just because there's a lack of technology and innovation. It's, you know, it's come along now. Yeah. It's come along now, but... There for the long time there was this biggest there was just a huge like gap of nothing changed in that industry, you know. Right. And they introduced like, you know, photography cool and then video and then these these lead generation systems and shit. It's like, dude, mm-hmm. you don't need to depend on any of that if you just get out there and meet people and, you know, do good work.
1: Yeah, you shouldn't be dependent on it, but at the same time is it gonna augment your success? Yeah.
0: Yeah, If, 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 you're, if, doing you it, if you're doing it if it, you're it, yeah, if you utilize it correctly. Yeah, like that's the thing like Like add that into doing all the other things. Yeah. Like don't just depend on one thing—the magic button—to
1: try to make you successful. It's not gonna fucking happen. Yeah. Truth. One of the coolest things I heard a realtor say, uh, was just put like in terms of like just putting in the work. It's like if individuals aren't basically I'm paraphrasing, but like basically what this individual said was that if they're if they're not willing to like a new realtor or any realtor, if they're not willing to like make you know, 10 cold calls a day, like you put a number on it, but I mean, like it's the same time. Like if you're not willing to do the minimum every day, no, you got to uh, bust your ass. Then, that's, you're not going you to be, that's just easy. Like you're that not, industry. And, I, and
0: I'm sitting here saying this, this and that about that industry. I'm not, I'm not shooting it down. I'm just saying the bullshit I've had to deal with. I know, but I do know that the, the, the reason why some people are like that is because they bust their ass to get to a point mm-hmm. But what happens is they get, they're used to doing one thing and they're kind of scared to change because what they've been doing so long has been working. But eventually right. it kind of fizzles out because there's there's older agents that I worked with that just refuse to do things and then they would complain. Like, I don't know how to do that. And I'm not doing that. And then eventually they're irrelevant now. You know, it just isn't yeah. what it is. It's in any industry though. Right. It's any industry. But yeah, you got to bust your ass. Like if anyone thinks that that industry is easy to, it can be easy if you don't want to be successful. Right. Any industry can. Like, yeah, like, yeah real estate. Oh, any, oh, she's just a single mom. She don't do anything to the stay-at-home mom. She's got a real estate license. Yeah, she probably does. She probably doesn't sell any houses. She's probably yeah. not successful with it. And there's those ones that are, you know, selling millions and millions of dollars every year.
1: Yeah, I know. I know, I know they, a few. Yeah, I know. know I know a few. In particular, though, that those single mamas be having their babies at home, and then they're doing they're working. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying. Their, I'm saying. But I'm the, saying? People, the outside looking in will say like, but every, there's a lot of them though. At the same time, like you're saying right. too, the, where that is true, where it's like, well, their husbands out in the oil field, and they have right. a real estate license, and they're not really right. You know, they don't have to. They're not really doing their job. To. And like I know? said, nothing against the industry. I, I
0: think it's great. Um, it's uh, it's helped me develop. And my networking, I think more than anything, not so much monetarily, mm-hmm. but um, it's. I mean, I think it's a good industry. I think it's cool, and I think it's, you're we're yeah. part of it now. Is what I'm getting at. And it's yeah. it's uh, kind of fueling your success, and um, it's n- something I never would have thought I'd be sitting down talking about <laughs> yeah. for sure. Like or even even something brought up because I mean, who knows? I mean, but I never thought I'd be doing this either. So who fucking knows, man? Hey, we're here. Yeah. Well, look, we're about to wrap this thing up. What's your uh, last words, plugs, anything like that? Uh, man,
1: if you're rocking with me, I appreciate it. That's all I gotta say. <laughs> cool. Surface Wave Media.
0: Yeah, man. Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, all those things. Mm-hmm. All right, bro. Appreciate Sweet, it. Man.